Welcome in. It is another episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means, Dave Ferris, my co-host, executive producer back at our studios of Western Reserve Radio over in Struthers. By All Means Season 2, Episode 23 is presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Visit MillCreekMetroParks.org for more information. Find the show on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio on Twitter. You can hear the show streaming live at WR underscore radio. Go to the live 365 or tune in apps or head over to westernreserveradio.com. That is where uh, you can find the show. We start things off today by being joined by our friend Hayden Grove from cleveland.com. Hayden, how is the heat treating you? You know what? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, it's kind of pouring where I am right now. It was pouring and now it's kind of like dark and kind of i don't know it's kind of weird kind of summer wet summery weather for sure yeah definitely has been challenging with the heat and the rain the last few days so i gotta ask i'm curious i don't i mean i don't expect you know the uh uh, the clue from terry francona but i'm wondering in your opinion how do you think the indians are keeping pace with chicago with everything that has hit this team in the last two months I mean, I think that everything considered, I think they've been absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, when you look at the amount of injuries they've had with the pitching staff, you look at the um, injury to Josh Naylor, you look at uh, just, you know, everything that they've been through in terms of, you know, losing literally five starters. I think they've been done a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable job. And uh, I think that does go a lot back to Tito for sure. So um, certainly, again, you, you wish you had those guys back and all that good stuff, but um, they've done a remarkable job of staying with it and sticking through the, the tough times and, and finding a way, finding ways to win. Do you think Tito gets enough credit nationally for the job he has done as the Indians manager and especially this year with all the injuries? You know what? I mean, man, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say um, that, yes, I, I'm going to say that, no, he doesn't get enough respect nationally. Because when he was, I mean, when you really look at it, I really do believe he's he's one of the best managers in baseball. Um, and he has been for a while. I mean, you look when he got to Cleveland in 2013. I mean, he's been, the Indians have had, you know, if not the best record in the American League, they're definitely top three. Um, and, you know, when he was in Boston and he ended the curse in Boston, I mean, Tito was a god. You know, everybody, everybody kind of just flocked to Tito. Tito this, Tito that. And, you know, Cleveland, unfortunately, you know, losing Francisco Lindor, losing Corey Kluber, losing Carlos Carrasco, losing Trevor Bauer, losing Mike Clevenger. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of taken them away from the um, spotlight, if you will. So for that reason, I think that Tito is just he, – he, now he flies under the radar. Um, you know, nobody really talks about Tito except for in Cleveland. You don't really hear it about – you don't hear anything about Tito on, you know, Baseball Tonight or whatever, on ESPN or any of like MLB Network. He's, he's – Flies on the radar. He did a great job, and with respect, I think this year if the Indians make postseason, and 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 they do good things. I mean, I think I think it would be an absolute if Tito did not make the uh, not win, you know, manager of the year. Given everything we've been through, given the injuries, given absolutely everything, I think it would be a travesty if Tito did not win manager of the year. So, hey, we're about a month or so away from the trade deadline. Do you think this team, if they're still you know, in it with Chicago, in it in, in, in the wild card, do they make a move or is it that they hope to get healthy and getting their regular players back? Are there moves heading into the second half of the year? I think there are. I think there are. Um, I don't know exactly what moves. I don't know how big a moves they're going to make. 
Um, but I think there is definitely room for moves to be made. And I think, again, you look at 2018 with Jay Bruce. I think it's a good example. Or 20, was it 2017-2018? The Jay Bruce year. Um, that was that was kind of what I'm thinking about with this Indians team. I mean, a guy that maybe you're not going to sign next year but can help you offensively the rest of this year. Maybe another pitcher in the same way. Or, again, guys with not huge contacts. The guys that you can get off your books, that you can keep off your books. That's that's exactly what they're looking for. They obviously need to, you know, find ways to get help in that way. So um, I think the trade would definitely be in the future. You look at all that young starting pitching that the Indians have been forced to use. Is there one or two of those guys maybe that has really impressed you that you think they have a, a future with the big league team? I kind of lost you there for a second, Mark. He said, if some of the, what are some of the young pitchers that the Indians have been forced to use? Who among them have really impressed you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm a huge Tristan McKenzie guy. I think that uh, he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick, no pun intended, with the stick nickname. But, I mean, I think that's a guy who um, who has been kind of, you know, going up and down, kind of getting, you know, learning his lumps and, and getting his experience at the major league level. Honestly, I, th- I thought kind of, that he needed to be a guy that the Indians rolled with, you know, let him struggle, let him find his groove at the major league level, let him find his confidence. Um, you know, it's just, it's tough. It, it, I think that Tristan McKenzie really does have a great future. I know he's had issues with command. Um, and I think, again, it's just going to come with experience, come with time. But certainly Tristan McKenzie, Eli Morgan, I mean, I think, you know, he's been serviceable for sure. Um, you know, guys like Jason Mejia, Kyle Quantrill, I mean, I think they're more of, you know, long bullpen relief guys. But um, I mean, you got to be you got to be impressed with what everybody's given you, given the amount of injuries they've had. I mean, it's been absolutely remarkable to, to watch this pitching staff, you know, basically turn in to turn from one of the best in the major league to an essentially in the AAA, you know, pitching staff with with all the injuries they've had. So you got to really appreciate what they've done. Um, and hats off to all of them, seriously. You know, another area I don't know if it gets enough credit is got to be the scouting and development part for the Indians. You look at a guy like Nick Sandlin, who a lot of casual Indians fans hadn't even heard of, and uh, how excited Tito was. He almost wanted to put him on the opening day roster, but to bring him up, have the the, the quirky delivery that he has, to be able to throw in, in the mid to upper 90s that way, he really has become a big piece of the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the bullpen has been has been a strength for sure. Um, it's been a strength in that you know the the back end is really special in my opinion. I think that they're going to have um, Karen Check and Classe back there for you know years to come, and I think both those guys are special just because they they throw so hard and they have good stuff. Um, but you look, you're right. You look at guys like Samlin. You look at guys like Hentges. I mean, there have definitely been some guys that have that have come out of that bullpen and, and have helped. Um, J.C. Mejia even. Uh, Brian Shaw kind of has found himself, which is awesome. Uh, you love to see him, you know, back up at 97 using that wicked off-speed stuff. Um, you know, he's got great stuff, great movement on his on his slider or whatnot. So you're, you you got to give – again, I think Tito manages the bullpen really well. And uh, I'm really just happy to see, you know, that this bullpen is, is helping out the starting staff. 
Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com, joining us today. And you look pat over the past couple of years, and this team has done an excellent job developing pitching that we have talked about. There's been outfield prospects for the team, and I know you and I have had this conversation before, but they really yep. haven't been able to develop a consistent prospect for an outfielder that can, can play every play, game. Yep. I mean, you, you've had your you know, your different guys um, that have come up and got their opportunities, but no one's really ever taken control of one of those spots. Yeah, I mean, the outfield is kind of a carousel. It's a revolving door at this point. Um, it's unfortunate because, again, like, you know, you've, they've wasted, not wasted, they've had a lot of, you know, top draft picks in the outfield. I mean, you look recently, you look all the way back, you look Clint Frazier, you look Tyler Naquin, you look Bradley Zimmer, you look uh, Will Benson, who is still on his way up. I mean, they've just they've spent a lot of time in that outfield, and they just have not, not panned out the way the Indians wanted it to. So, um, you know, now it is. Now it literally is a revolving door. I mean, every night you're looking at somebody different. I mean, could you imagine what it would be without Harold Ramirez? I mean, Harold Ramirez has been a revelation out there. He's been, you know, one of the best and most interesting hitters. So, I mean, now it's Josh Naylor out again. So, a revolving door. I'm not, and I say this all the time, I'm not against This is not a personal thing. I promise you, it has nothing to do with who they are. I just would not put any stock in Oscar Oscar Mercado. I do believe that 2019 was a fluke. I don't think he has what it takes. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Again, Bobby Bradley, I kind of didn't don't necessarily have the same thought because I do believe he does have power. and He's just got to kind of find a way to cut down these strikeouts. But um, I'm, I would not put much stock in Bobby Bradley and in Oscar Mercado. Um, and then you look at, you know, uh, Eddie Rosario is kind of starting to heat up, which is good. Bradley Zimmer is just going to be kind of meh for you. It's just been really difficult in that outfield. So I don't know what they're doing pitching-wise. It's different from hitting-wise, but they got to figure it out in terms of developing hitting. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you look at the Cardinals, and they've given up on a, a lot of outfielders. Some of them that I know they definitely wish they, they would have that, would like to have back, like maybe a Rosarena, but – they gave up on Mercado pretty early in that trade with the Indians for a former second-round draft pick. You kind of, in the back of your mind, you wanted it to be a great trade, but you wondered if the Cardinals gave up on him. You know, that's a great organization. They had to know something. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, I, I, just because uh, an organization, I think, I think I'm never going to be the guy that's like, well, because they gave up on him, then you know, they, they should. I mean, every some guys really do just need a new a new situation. I mean, look at Harold Ramirez for crying out loud. I mean, again, the guy was kind of given up by a lot of organizations. He comes to Cleveland and he's kind of found it. He's put it together. You know, something clicked. Um, and whether that's knowing it was his kind of last straw or just having the opportunity, whatever it may be. So I can't really sit here and say that St. Louis knew something that Cleveland didn't. Um, you know, obviously Cleveland got a decent year out of him in 2019. So you got to take that to the bank. I mean, they got more out of, more out of him than St. Louis ever will. So, um, you know, that's definitely a thought, but I just wouldn't put so much stock in it being like the reality of the situation with St. Louis saying, ah, we really don't care, you know. When you look at the upcoming series, you know, they've they got a bounce back win against Detroit. They've dominated that team. You've got the Astros this weekend. The schedule is going to get a whole lot harder going into and heading out of the All-Star break for the Indians that are hopefully getting a few of those key pieces back in the next you know, week to 10 days. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's been a blessing. I mean, obviously the Indians have been kind of cursed in terms of, you know, it's just so many injuries to the pitching staff, so many injuries in general. I totally get it. But 
at the same time, they've found a great time to be going through this, you know, playing teams like the Pirates, playing teams like Detroit, playing teams like the Twins. I mean, those are the, those are the, this is the time. If you're going to play those teams, this is the time to do it. Do it when you're not healthy. You know, you don't want to run into Houston. You don't want to run into a, a big, you know, difficult schedule in July with, you know, with all these injuries happening. And obviously some of them are still going to linger into July. Um, but you hope guys like, you know, Roberto Perez, uh, Romeo Reyes, uh, Zach Plesac, even maybe Shane uh, could get back by the time, you know, the schedule really starts to heat up. And again, by hopefully they'll be still in the race. I think they definitely will be in the race by the time the trade deadline comes around. So that's what you're really looking forward to is that trade deadline. Can they add some pieces? Can they bolster this thing and just make it go from July on? Hayden, finally, as we uh, wrap things up with you, whether you like interleague play or not, do you think it should be the Reds as the yearly rivalry for the Indians, or should it be the Pirates? Um, wow. I think it's got to be the Reds, just because, I mean, I know Pittsburgh's closer, and I know, but I just think that it's just in-state, you know, that's that's as easy as, or that's as good as it gets when you're in-state. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like the idea of Pittsburgh. I mean, beautiful ballpark, Brown Steelers, I get that. But, you know, Cincinnati at the end of the day, unfortunately, because I, I always say Cincinnati belongs in Kentucky, um, Cincinnati unfortunately is in Ohio. And uh, that's a joke, by the way. I don't actually care. But uh, <laughs> Cincinnati is in Ohio. And uh, I think for that reason, you got to have the Ohio, the Ohio Cup, uh, Indians, Reds. It's got to be the, uh, the rivalry for sure. One last question, just because it popped into my head. If you're in charge, yeah. are you giving Baker Mayfield a long-term extension now, or are you waiting at least another year to see if he can do it again? I'm going to wait for him to have a – and I've, I've already started my diatribe. I've already started my – not my diatribe. I've already started my, my campaign. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is just going to go, for lack of a better term, balls out this year. I think he's going to – just absolutely crush it. I think it's got. I think it's a combination of so many things. I think it's a combination of having the same um, offense back. I think it's the combination of having the same quarterback back. I think it's another year of growth, another year of maturity. Coming off of a you know very momentous season last season, I think he's very confident. Um, I think he's kind of learned how to keep his mouth shut to a point. I think that you know obviously you have Odell Beckham, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Austin Hooper, you have David Njoku, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Nick Chubb. Um, I just think he's going to go absolutely nuts this year. And, again, I think the biggest thing is that the Browns aren't going to give him a contract this year. And I think he's going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to prove it, and then I'm going to go make my, you know, huge deal. So I think I would not if I'm the Browns. I would try. I would absolutely try to get him a contract extension this year. Uh, you want to save some money, but I just don't see it happening because I think Baker's going to bet on himself as he always has, and I think he's going to win big. And he's going to win very big. Hayden, appreciate it. That means the Browns are going to have a, a, a big season and uh, should be a lot of fun again this year. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a good night at the ballpark. Hopefully it stays dry, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Mark. Take care. Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com, on the phone with us, heading into the ballpark for tonight's matchup. Uh, game two against the Detroit Tigers, 7-10 uh, first pitch tonight uh, for the Indians. J.C. Mejia, the former Mahoning Valley scrapper, on the hill tonight for the Indians. We'll get to take game two after a convincing offensive performance last night, putting up a season high in runs and a season high in hits. 
against Detroit last night in a game that they uh, definitely looked like they were inspired to perform for Josh Naylor after that horrible injury he suffered in the outfield collision over the weekend. And uh, all of us are thinking about uh, Josh Naylor, just a fun guy uh, to, to see. He enjoys playing the game and he enjoys being part of the, the organization, of course, with his brother, in the farm system for the Indians. Hopefully someday the two of those guys will be able to play together at the big league level. Indians again. Two more against Detroit, and we'll be right back in the final. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on WesternReserveRadio.com. on Western Reserve Radio presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to head over to millcreekmetroparks.org and book your tee time. It's just that simple. If you want to book a tee time to head over to the beautiful north and south courses of Milk Creek Park. Thank you to Hayden Grove who joined us in our first segment from Cleveland.com. Time to jump into another What's Trending segment and a tough road trip on Saturday day for the Cobras. They made the, what, four-and-a-half-hour drive from Cleveland down to Columbus to take on the Fire, who are off to an excellent start. The uh, Cobras fall to the Fire 25 to nothing, drop to 1-3 and three on the season, and will now enjoy, as the league does for the most part, the 4th of July weekend off. Yeah, it's a well-deserved weekend off, although the Cobras really can't afford to take a weekend off. Uh, they actually need all the practice they can get. I mean, they did hold Columbus to 25. I believe it was 13 to nothing at the half, if I remember right. But, uh, yeah, this team really needs – they need some work. They really do. They really need some work this year. And it's not looking any better down the stretch. I mean, we're playing – we're going to start playing teams for the second time coming now, so – it's it's going to be a, a real interesting second half of the season. Yeah, it definitely will be. That uh, round two matchups begin on July 10th uh, when the uh, Cobras head to Erie to take on the Express for a 5 o'clock kickoff. Note that that is a little bit of an earlier time uh, than we've had games this year, but the, the Express play their home games at 5 o'clock. Uh, then for the uh, Cobras, they will match up with the Rams on the 17th before finishing up with the final two games at home against the Lake Erie Explosion on July 24th and rounding out the regular season against those same Columbus Fire on the 31st. And you know what a unique schedule of this year for the Cobras. You're talking about two home, four road, and then two more at home to finish out the year. Uh, if nothing else, it gives you the opportunity to finish the year at home and finish strong. Yeah, and finish strong is what they're going to have to do. They're really going to have to step it up in the last four weeks of the season. They really got to get their timing routes down. The timing routes aren't there, and they're still having that issue with the exchange between center and quarterback. Um, I don't know. The offensive lines, it just they're letting guys in like crazy. They got a ton of holes. They look like Swiss cheese. Um, the only consistency is the defense. The defense has actually been looking better. I mean, Columbus was, I believe, in the 40s and 50s their first couple of weeks out this season. And 
uh, Cleveland held them to 25 for the entire game, which I thought was going to be a lot worse of a loss for Cleveland going into that game. You know, I may get fired for suggesting this, but uh, I know a guy that could play center if he wanted to. Don't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's hung up the cleats and the pads <laughs> for good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so. I, you know what? I understand that. I, I would, too. You know, we are we are not getting any younger. And for, you know, the two of us that didn't play any football, I am I would absolutely be done at this point. Oh, I would be, too. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Especially in the heat right now, the heat and the humidity these past couple of weeks. Yeah, I would have been. They would have been carting me off in the ambulance in both weeks by now. You know, I don't think I've played in a competitive football game in any form since, oh, I don't know. 92? <laughs> yeah. Fall yeah. of 92, something may have happened that year, but, you know, I digress. We don't need to go back to that. No, we don't so, need to go back that far. Let me ask you about the Indians. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You look at the fact, you know, Bieber's hurt, Plezak's hurt, Savali's hurt. Framel Reyes is hurt. The, the just horrific injury to Josh Naylor over the weekend. Despite that, the Indians are two games out of first place in the division, two and a half games out of uh, you know one of the two wild card spots. There's a lot of baseball to play. Right. But Terry Francona, boy, he's piecing this team together, and they're still finding a way to win games. And remember, they're ten games above 500 too. So the Indian season, don't count them out. I mean, these Indians, I don't, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't have one starting pitcher right now that started the season. They're all, they're all out. Right. So, yeah, I mean, these Indians are still playing strong, still getting home runs, still lighting up the ballparks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, come and look at it. Um, the Indians are strong. I would not count them out. They're, they're in the hunt and they're here to play, but they're doing it quietly. Every, yeah, you, know the, you know the you uh, know walk softly and carry a big stick. That's exactly what they're doing. They're coming in under the nose of everybody, and I think they're going to make a big run the end of August and 1st of September. You know, I think they deserve a lot of credit because I can't tell you how many times I would read a tweet or a press release that the Indians made a roster move. And you know how much I follow not only the team but the farm system. And there's been at least three or four times where I'm looking at my phone, I'm going, well, who the hell is that guy? I've never even heard of him before. And then they come up and play pretty well for the most part. Yeah, and the Indians farm always had a strong farm system. I mean, I do miss the days where it was the scrappers and then, you know, you got Lake County captains and the rubber ducks and everything around here. That I mean, we, we've hit just about every one of those in a year. And it, it's fun watching the guys go from level to level to level and watch them come up. I mean, we don't have that all that right now, but the Indians farm system is still as strong as it ever has been. It definitely is, and it's helping carry the team right now. Want to talk some high school football, Dave? We are less than two months away from the high school football season beginning, and you know we've been working on a lot of things behind the scenes. You, me, and Jim. We got some announcements coming in the next, you know, week to maybe a month or so before we, uh, you know, finalize everything and uh, announce it publicly. But I have a feeling it's going to be a big year oh, of coverage for high school football it, in Western Reserve Radio. It is going to be a very big year. Um, there's stuff me and Jim are working on too, off, off the books, um, with all new music liners there's going to be new intros for each uh each squad 
Uh, yeah, there might be some new announce crews to talk about. There might be some new announce crews to talk about. Uh, games. Uh, I mean, the schedule looks good and strong for both crews because I've seen both as of right now. So it, it's really going to be interesting and in what is going to happen here within the next two months. Uh, me and Jim are working on a lot. I'm working on all new graphics for our Facebook pages for both individuals. Uh, Cruise, uh, we're, we're going to have some fun with it this year. And, you know, we're kind of getting things rolling on, on this show on Tuesday. As you go back, you know, two weeks ago we had Coach Bake on talking about being inducted into the Ohio High School Football Coach Association Hall of Fame. Uh, we had, uh, you know, one of our favorites and Coach Yagley on. Uh, you know, coming up uh, after our next break, we're going to talk to a familiar voice on Western Reserve Radio. Sean Guerrero, the head coach of the Springfield Tigers, is going to join us. And I can tell you, and I have to still do the research, but I think we're going to have the coach that has been with his school the longest of anybody and I would say even maybe the five-county area, if you want to include Western Pennsylvania. Uh, we're going to have Coach Spate from Columbiana on next Tuesday. And uh, I, I was talking to him through text this week. Can you believe, Dave, he is beginning his 28th year as the head coach of the Columbiana Clippers this fall? Wow. And, and you know what? We've actually done a Clippers game, me and you, and I uh, believe that was – I can't remember who your – partner was for that one but we went down to columbia and did a clippers game i remember that and we were very happy that somebody left a space heater in the press box that day if i remember right yes we were because it got real cold that night when that it was hot when the sun was hitting that booth and as soon as that sun went down we were freezing so yep and if i remember right i'm the one who didn't bring a jacket so (laughs) you know what over the years we have all done that before It'll be fine. We're from northeastern Ohio. It's not going to get that cold tonight. I mean, yeah. really. Yeah, we, we've had a few of them games and a few of them playoff games where we thought that, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure like the uh, our poor friends across the country in the Seattle area where, you know, what, 60 percent of homes don't have air conditioning. Yeah. I'm sure they're really wishing that they did right now with temperatures in the triple digits for the second straight day today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God we don't have that. I mean, we've still we hit the high 90s today. I know that at least my uh, truck said so when I was on my way here today. And uh, I think you said your house at 100. So. It, yeah, well, that's a little that's in the sun so it's a little exaggerated right but it's actually down to 100 i just took a quick peek at my temperature it was <laughs> it was at no one should say it's down to 100 in ohio <laughs> no. it was at 101 but you know mine's on the house so it gets a lot of the reflection and, and the heat so it's not super accurate but right. you see three digits for a temperature it is not good but you know you you mentioned it to kind of put a wrap on what's trending a lot of work being put on, put uh, done behind the scenes to get ready for high school football uh, this fall between working on schedules, coordinating crews and broadcasts and equipment. And mm-hmm. I, I think it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. And uh, oh, yeah. it begins with Springfield hoping to get them back to the state championship for the third straight year. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we what I'd really we, – we here would really like to see. I mean, we followed Springfield all last year. Um, I will say we're – more than likely, we will be following Springfield again this year. Uh, we will have another crew that will be running other games. We'll announce all that probably in the next couple months, what games we will be doing. 
But uh, just to put this out there, too, if there's any businesses out there that are listening and they want to jump in, um, send me, Mark, Jim um, a notice. Uh, we can get you our packages for high school football, and you can become a part of the action and help us support high school football in the Valley. You have definitely become a radio person, if nothing else, because I didn't think to mention that. But, of course, you jumped right in and, and gave that. And, of course, you could just go to the website. You could find our email addresses. They're all there. Our contact information is available at westernreserveradio.com. And uh, soon to come will be the, you know, the schedules and all those other announcements that are coming. But uh, we are definitely eager to get you that information and uh, get some uh, partners going for our coverage of high school football coming up this fall here on Western Reserve Radio and, of course, on Western Reserve Radio 2 as well. We're going to take a timeout here on a By All Means in just a minute. And when we come back, we are hoping to be joined by the head coach of the Springfield Tigers. That's Sean Guerrero, who has taken his Tigers to consecutive trips to the state championship. That's coming up next. Western Reserve Radio. We go back to the phones and joined by the head coach of the Springfield Tigers, Sean Guerrero. Coach, how's your offseason going so far? Hey, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you enjoying all this heat? Oh, I love it, man. I can't complain. So, I'd rather I'd rather be like this than uh than than 30. Yeah, I'll I'll take this over 30 any day. So coach, when you look back at last season, all of the challenges and the uniqueness that it brought. Uh, just what are some of the things you think back on uh, of last year, just how unique and different it really was? Well, I just appreciate it right now that we're not taking temperatures and having, I mean, having to jump through all those hoops that we did last year. Uh, I mean, it, it really was a pain in the butt uh, for how we handled it. So uh, it's, it's the little things we did that, I think it made us appreciate it a little bit more, but it was a uh, was a lot of hoops to jump through throughout that year. One of the biggest things in conversation this offseason, of course, has been the expanded playoffs to 16 teams per region. What's your opinion on that as we go into this season in the fall? Well, I, I, I get fired up over that because I think the OHSA is just trying to make a uh, an extra dollar. I really don't agree with it. Uh, I, I think at times when, when you look at the teams that are that are going to end up making the playoffs, you I mean going to 16, uh, you're going to have some some teams that are under 500, and then you're going to have them go play. You I mean a team that's that's 10 and 0, 9 and 1, 8 and 2, and then I, I don't see the reward in being a 3 and 7, 4 and 6, making the playoffs, and then getting your butts kicked. Uh, I, I I just I, I think that's going to be a little bit a little bit one-sided on that. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of high school football teams that are going to go to a, to, to another school and, uh, and pull an upset. So I, I really don't see the, the, the reward of it for a team that's under 500 to go make the playoffs. Uh, two, I don't understand. I don't think they thought through was, uh, I guess if you, if you don't want to play, you don't have to, so you can opt out. So really, if you get the 16 team that, that wants to play, but then 15, 14, and 13 don't, well, the one team still has to play 16, so the one seed would still have to play the second, the third, and the fourth would all get buys. Uh, and I don't understand that concept, too. I mean, you, you would feel like the one seed would get an advantage, and I don't I don't see that there. So there's some things that, that, that I don't think that they uh, that they thought through, and 
and, and they're just trying to make some money on that. If they were to add buys into this, you know, kind of like the, the last year was unique and 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 you know, in a season all to its own. But if you're say a top four team, you end up with a first round buy for high school student athletes. I mean, is it when you look at the possibility of you know, getting healthy, not playing a game, moving on to the next round compared to not playing a game, getting out of your routine and getting out of your rhythm. You know, which one uh, is more beneficial to a team when you're getting ready to go deep into the playoffs? Well, for us, I, and, and I think we had a good example of it. Uh, I mean, for two years ago, when we made our run. Uh, I feel like we needed to play and, and we did and we didn't because I feel like we were hitting our peak and, and our, our kids were uh you know, we, we, were, we were healthy at the time, and, and, and it just timed up for us right now. Last year, I think, for the having the bye, I think it helped us because we were a little dinged up. I, we took care of our bodies. We recovered a little bit. So I just think that that's some things that you have to adjust to, and you got to kind of wait and see and, uh, until your team can experience it because you never know what, you mean how it's going to be or what it's going to be. Uh, so with that, I, I just think it's going to be on the team. And obviously the, the team that, that, that has more depth, especially with the smaller schools, uh, I think at that point are, are, are going to be a little bit more successful, you know what I mean, than the teams that, that have their you know, I mean, 10, 15 players. That, you mean, that, that's all you really have. Coach Guerrero joining us, head coach of the Springfield Tigers. And, Coach, you had a, a lot of your student-athletes now from last year going on to play uh, different levels uh, of college football. And uh, you seem to just plug in the next person in the depth chart the last few years and continue to play excellent football. And, of course, I know it, it all starts with uh, a Brungard back for another year at quarterback for you this fall. Yeah, I think it makes it a little bit easier calling plays when he's back there. So uh, with Coach Brungard and, and Bo, you might think we do a good job. But I, I think I mean, one thing, and I think every coach would say it, I, I think our line up front has been, has been the key of our success the past couple of years. Uh, I think they do a great job up front. Uh, I, I think we've been fortunate enough to be able to plug in some bodies there and have some depth for us. So it's, it's, been, uh, it's been important. But if you can have the guys up front, especially at our level, uh, I, I think that's been, you know what I mean, a, a great success for us. So I think our kids had a great off season. Uh, a, a lot of our kids ended up doing track this year. I think we'll hopefully we'll be able to kind of replicate some of the speed that we had last year. So uh, we're just going to, I mean, go out, try to get better every day and compete at a high level uh, and, and see what we can do in the season. We talked a lot about this throughout the season last year. Of course, offense always gets gets headlines and gets conversation. But when I talk to you, I always brought up the defense. Do you think your defensive players and your defensive coaching staff have gotten enough credit for what they've accomplished the last few seasons? Well, no. You I mean our, our defense has done a great job, uh, and and obviously when you're you mean that, that's one thing that you just kind of reminded me was was shutting out Mogador last year. I think that was huge uh, for our defense with the success, and and, and it kind of shows the kids on, on I mean, what they work on, and it kind of gives them a reward, you know what I mean, for how they play and what they do and how they practice. So I definitely think that's important uh, in our staff. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to, to pick up uh, Mike Popio this year as a coach. Uh, and, and, and when you can bring on good guys like that and pull them guys, you know what I mean, on and through and to improve your staff, I, I think with the defensive side, it, it, it definitely is overshadowed because everybody likes offense and it's more exciting. But our defense is, uh, is, is a great, you know I mean, it, it improves over the years uh, and, and the kids are able to see the success that they've had. 
Uh, when you look forward to this fall, how excited are you to get back to some of those non-conference rivalries you've developed? I mean, it, it's not going to get any easier than your week one opponent when you've got to take on a, a very good South Range team. Oh, no. that you I mean, that's something that, you I mean, in ending the season, obviously we had a little bad taste in our mouth with the, with the state game, but but that's something for us to, to, to bring back that rivalry with South Range uh, week one. I think it's going to be huge for us. Uh, I mean, Coach Yagley does a good job. Uh, they have a great team coming back, so it's going to be a great challenge for our kids week one. And it, you mean, it's given us something to work for you mean, throughout the offseason. So our kids are kind of kind of been pushing for it, and, and that's something that we talk about. So, you mean, I, I do think we're going to get challenged right off the bat with, a, with definitely a, a playoff team and, and, and not just a first-round team. I, I mean, I think South Range is, is a high-quality team, and, and they're good every year. But we will get tested right, right, right off the bat with a great South Range team. Getting to that state championship game the last couple of years, but of course not getting to the ultimate goal of, of winning that state championship. Do you think teams approach you differently? Are you the team, uh, you know, on a schedule that no matter who you're playing, they're circling Springfield when they see you coming up on their schedule? Well, I, I, you you kind of think about that where, where just because of the success that we've had the past couple of years, I think the teams would aim for us, but. We kind of always talk about our kids. It's more about us. It's more about what we do. So if we prepare well and, and we practice hard and we do those little things right, I think the success will be there. So we don't try to we don't try to compare or end up being ready. We just got to be able to make sure. And whether it's, you mean, the last play of the state game or whatever it may be, we, we, we have to be ready to, you know, like I said before, compete at a high level and make sure we're finishing off plays or games or whatever drives or whatever it may be. So uh, we talk we talk a little bit more about the situations than we, you know what I mean, that we would end up doing the moments. But that's something that we strive for to make sure we compete at a high level every play. We talked about at the beginning of our conversation, the last several years you've been able to replace a lot of great student athletes. You mentioned the offensive line, uh, running back. We, we've seen you been able to just add some wide receivers and, and keep rolling the last couple of years. How much credit has to go to the you know the lower levels, the you know eighth grade and below, the freshman program, the JV team, to get those players ready when they're called upon to be able to not only compete and play, but play at a high level? for your program well I, I do think that goes a long way because you you want your kids you know i mean just to be able to come out and have fun i know that's one thing for us uh with that even, even with our little tigers program you want the kids just to be able to come out have fun enjoy the sport uh we just kind of did a little kids camp uh a couple weeks ago that we always end up doing we, we were not able to do last year uh so that's something for us just to bring the fun back into it uh and we kind of talked about it with our kids because our kids remember those days when they played for the Little Tigers, and and with not being an open enrollment school, you I mean that's when when our kids kind of start off the relationship they have with each other. Uh, but going up, I I know our numbers have been uh, have been great, and I think that's been to our advantage because at a Division Six school, we still play. You know, I mean six or seven freshman games, we still you know I mean play from seven to nine JV games. So our kids are always playing, and, and I do think that is a a huge benefit for us to be able to, you know, I mean, have 55, 60 kids out and make sure they're getting the opportunity to play and compete. Uh, and, and that's something that's done. The coaching staff, I would always end up saying, you know, I mean, from from those lower levels up, I, I've been blessed uh, to, to have the coaches that I do. We, we have a lot of teachers that are on staff. 
that, that, that are mid-middle school coaches uh, and, and at that level, it, it creates an atmosphere and creates a relationship with our kids. So I, I, I've been blessed and, and I've been fortunate enough to, uh, to, to have a great staff around me. I know Co- Coach Trussell used to always say, when you surround yourself around good people, great things happen. And, uh, and that's something that, that, that I do believe that Springfield has. So how excited are you to start the countdown to, you know, having some, you know, being able to have padded practices and uh, just kind of get things rolling on what should be another exciting season for your Tigers? Well, for right now, I, I kind of try to, we, we don't get out of school. We, we didn't get out of school till the 10th. So we had our little kids camp, like I said, we do. We have only had uh, four workouts so far since school's ended. So I try to give the kids some time off to let them relax and be, and be kids. I think so much pressure goes on these kids where the, you know what I mean? It's, you got to be lifting, you got to be running, you got to. So I, 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 I think it does show a little bit to let the kids go out and have some fun and, and, and enjoy their, and enjoy their summer uh, is something that's key. So after the fourth, we'll, we'll start getting into it five days a week. Uh, but but being able to strap the helmets back back on, we, we we passed those out last week, and you can kind of see see the kids are are putting smiles on their faces, and the, and they're starting to get excited for it. Uh, so I, I think you got to it's kind of a a little bit of a, a of a happy meaning. You, you got to let kids be kids every once in a while. I think sometimes they put too much pressure on them, and some schools have you mean know, are practicing five days a week as soon as they get out so I, I try to give our kids some time off so they can enjoy themselves and then uh when they come to practice it's time to work coach appreciate the time as always looking forward to uh, the season in the fall and continuing our relationship at western reserve radio that we have with springfield football and uh, we'll talk to you again soon thank you hey thank you very much for having me i appreciate it Springfield head coach Sean Guerrero joining us this week in uh, what's become a weekly uh, interview with some of the the best coaches here in the Valley. Last week was uh, Coach Yegley from South Range. Uh, we talked to Coach Bayek a few weeks back on his induction into the Ohio High School Coaches Hall of Fame. And uh, we are going to continue this leading up to the season that will start. A week earlier, don't forget about that, a, a week earlier this year with the extra round of playoffs. And if you're a big high school football fan, you can head on over to the OHSA website. The regions were announced for schools, and uh, that officially has been posted and is up at OHSAA.org. If you want to see what region, what division, and what region your favorite high school football team uh, is playing in in the Valley, that information is up there for you to find out and see you know, who potential playoff opponents might be uh, for the upcoming high school football season and uh, again head to ohsaa.org for that information we are going to take our final time out when we come back we will wrap things up for this episode 23 of season number two of by all means here on western reserve radio we'll do that right after this Youngstown, Warren, and Salem's local and national sports talk can be found on TuneIn and the Live 365 app at Western Reserve Radio, WRDB, The Scourge. Episode 23 of Season 2 of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. Go to millcreekmetroparks.org 
to book your tea time today. Big thank you to our guest today. Thank you to Hayden Grove for uh, jumping in to fill in last minute to join us today. Of course, Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com. We had all kinds of questions about uh, those uh, Indians that, despite the injuries, continued to play well. And then you just heard uh, Springfield head coach Sean Guerrero, who joined us. And uh, we will continue to talk to coaches in our 540 segment every Tuesday. Coming up next week, we will be joined by Bob Spate, head coach of the Columbiana Clippers, who begins his 28th season at the helm of the Clippers this fall. Also, don't forget, coming up on August 10th, by all means, goes on the road for the first time in a while. We'll be broadcasting live from Mill Creek Metro Parks, a location to be determined closer to that show in August. We can also tell you this show is available in podcast form. Just search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or many of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore means. That's M-A-R-C underscore M-E-A-N-S. And you can find the show posted later on this evening. A big thank you to owner-operator Jim Craven, to executive producer, my co-host Dave Ferris. My name is Mark Means. You've been listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Milk Creek Golf Course. We'll talk to you next week.